Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. With a look at the other Kansas City teams in sports, here's Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. What's up, Kansas City? Welcome in to Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero on a decent Thursday evening. Opposed to the last couple evenings we had, we have had in KC. It's been it's been all right. Today's been a pretty good day. We got Chris Unocero. We got Julio in the booth. We are rolling. What's up, guys? How we doing? Hello. Hello. Uh, sorry, uh, Julio forgot to turn my mic oh. off. <laughs> or did about? you just pull a Jillian and mess with the button no, there? No, that was Don't not lie. the button. That was Julio. Don't he lie. didn't turn my mic up because he wanted to censor me. <laughs> Uh, you guys well, somebody needs to snake shoot. talking to each other over there in the other in the other room because I couldn't hear y'all. I don't know what you're talking the, about. In the studio. You're up in our conversation. It's rude. So you found a way to try to get me off to a slow start at the beginning of the show by turning my mic down. But I'm doing good. No, I'm and, pretty uh, confident. I'm pretty confident you hit the wrong button, bro. No, I did not. That was Julio. Julio. Julio's not going to tell the truth. Julio's not going to tell the truth because it exposes his his uh, his misdeed. Here. It, exposes, it exposes his mistake. But I I was perfectly fine. My mic was on. I was talking, and then Julio didn't have my mic. On. Sure. Well, it's up now. We're rolling now. We're good. Um, we're coming off of it's rivalry rivalry week. Man, I can't say that. That's that's tough. Rivalry tough. week. Too many R's. Too many. And uh, so biggest rivalry game. Got that one out. UNC and Duke. Was it? Uh, what do you guys think about it? What do you think? Was it what you expected? There were some guest appearances. I saw Obama in the building. I, I think the funny Looks thing like, uh, was uh, was when Zion uh, Zion Williamson had his uh, had his shoe his PG two point fives bust open. That was when the he best was part of the back game. Up in the, yeah, well, that was the, the best part. That of was the, the only part of the game that I cared about was watching the PG two point fives bust open. But was that the worst marketing moment ever for those shoes? Like, I feel like those shoes are going to be forgotten about from here on out. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, like, don't buy these shoes. Supposedly, they're the most popular shoes amongst NBA players. And we haven't seen okay, another like, instance of this more. happening. It might, you know, it might, a lot of people say they're really comfortable. So I don't know if, if, if this happens again, maybe we got a different situation. But I actually think this is going to be perfectly fine. This is going to be a way for Nike to get some free marketing out of it. <laughs> let, let me put it this way. Are you willing to bet your career, if you're an athlete and that's how you make your living, on those shoes that you just seen someone bust through and possibly tore his knee up a little? Those shoes are fly. So I, I think no. it'll be okay. No. You're the worst, Chris. No, I, I mean, good. he is a big human. He's a big human being, and he, he took, you know, he was, l- like, lunging and took that step, but he just straight busted le- the leather open. Like, that is absolutely not supposed to happen. I think that shoe, I mean, granted, we are sitting here talking about it right now, so, I mean, is bad press still press? I don't know, but I don't see that shoe being sold successfully from here on out. I think not it's still going to sell. Uh-uh, I think players are still rocking it. 
But Paul George is still going to be wearing it because it's his shoe anyway. <laughs> he's still going to rock it. He's still going to make cuts. He's still going to hit 30 a game. I think everything will be just fine. If it happens again, though, now we got to start worrying. Now we got to. Now the sirens are going <laughs> off and Nike headquarters. They're freaking out if it happens again. I think one time is fine. Uh, well, sad to say, I think that was the biggest, like we all just agreed, that was the biggest moment of that rivalry game, which is crazy. But I want to know what you guys think are the biggest rivals in the big leagues. So NFL, MLS, and MLB. I don't know if everybody would consider MLS one of the big leagues, but I do. So <laughs> I want to hear what you think the biggest rivalries are in the NFL. I did a little research here. Clearly, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Chiefs Raiders. But I don't know. That's rivalry? the biggest one. It's yeah. no. I mean, it's just one that I'm passionate about. But what do you, where where do you guys place the biggest rivalries? What team? If it's me, I think I think the rivalry that's like the classic rivalry that everyone can get into just because it's got like old roots is Packers Bears. Packers Bears. I think Packers Bears. Okay. And yeah. I don't like yeah. any of the teams, Definitely. but like Packers Bears is like the old. That's like the Yankees and Red Sox of the NFL. Cincy Pittsburgh. That's a good one. Nah, I would. I would one. say Baltimore Pittsburgh is a little bit more relevant now, because just because Baltimore and okay. they've been good rivals in the North. I mean, if so you're going- I think what where I found. Oh, sorry, where I found mine, I think, was a, like a Dallas Cowboy heavy <laughs> uh, site. Yeah, but I found Cowboys Cowboys 40, 49ers. No way. I found no, no, Cowboys no. Packers. No. <laughs> no. No. Nope. No. What about what? Giants 49ers? No. No. <laughs> what is this, the 1990s? No. What? Yeah, no. no. It's 1980s. What about? What is, what? No. <laughs> what is happening right now? Anything, anything with the what Niners right have? now is not a rivalry. I know this is accurate, and I think this is obviously pre the moves we've seen recently with a with a bunch of teams out in Cali. But um, Raiders Steelers, what do you think about Raiders Steelers? No, the Raiders are, the Raiders are just slipping. Just yeah, the Raiders are just slipping. the Raiders don't have a rivalry with anybody. Their rivals are themselves because that's the only people that can beat them consistently. Do, do the Cowboys even have a Raiders rivalry? versus the world? Maybe, maybe the Redskins. No, because that rivalry but even then is not. Ca- even you said rivalry. Cowboys. Yeah, no, that's I don't not. Think a, really that's have not a, a really rivalry, great rivalry. Can't okay, I'm going. Can. I'm going Chiefs Raiders because it's the one that I care about the most of personally. But I'm with Packers and Bears. <laughs> I agree with that one. Um, I don't know. Okay, let's move to MLB, Major League Baseball. I mean, right Red off Sox the top, Yankee. obviously Yankee Sox. Yeah, I mean, clearly. Yeah, that might be one. We of just the, move on to the next the sport. That's, that's the biggest rivalry. Is Red Sox <laughs> Dodgers, Giants, and Cubs, Cardinals are good ones. Nah, I think Dodgers Giants are is good. Cubs Cardinals is um, good, but but it's still not Yankees Red Sox. N- well, nothing really is exactly exactly. I hate those teams, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the top. That's the top across all sports, I think personally. But I am biased because that's my team. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what about MLS? MLS, I feel as if is very young still to have actual like rivalries. But I would say, and I think we've actually talked about this before, but I would say Seattle-Portland would be one. That's a good one. Um, Us in Seattle Yeah, I think Portland? if, what yeah, about, about I think with like playoff Houston? history. Houston. Yeah, sporting Ugh. in Houston's good. Yeah. Anybody, any listeners Specifically on the, when you get down to playoffs. Uh, any listeners, if you want to weigh in on this, on the Protein House, eat with the purpose text line 69306. Uh, I would tell you the, the, the best rivalry in soccer, period. El Clasico, Real Madrid, FC Barcelona. I know that uh, last time they played was like a couple weeks ago, and it was a draw over at uh, Camp No. 
But I'm telling you, man, that is the right. That's the best rivalry in sports right now. Real Madrid and and FC Barcelona, El Clasico. Real Madrid, uh, they are uh, FC Barcelona's daddy. You just like trying to pronounce that. Don't <laughs> I do. I do. You just like I'm, to pronounce that. I do. I'm not very good in. at Spanish, but I'm very good <laughs> at pronouncing El Clasico. Uh, well, what about sporting? I would say if sporting had to name a rivalry rival team for regular league, like not playoffs, which I know is like a different rival, but I think RSL, honestly. Um, just with the history of those games always being just battles, just knock down, drag it, like just actual battles. And I think, uh, I would say RSL. I mean, I see your point with Houston as far as specifically playoffs and getting past that, I feel like. But I'm going to go with RSL. But I also, I, I think Seattle-Portland's another big one. I, I really only think the only rival that Sporting has is Houston. I just, I it's hard for me to look at any other team oh, and be on. like, no, it's hard for me to look at any other team and be like, that team is I mean, consistently having these great, tough games. Other than Houston, just I mean, we, me and Julio, we've talked about this before. Like every time we see Houston and Sporting Kansas City, we're we're a little antsy because even if we feel like Sporting is better, we're a little antsy because like, eh, uh, that team. Even if we think that the Sporting is better, it's still a situation where we know what they've done, what Houston has done to Sporting in the past, and so yeah, we're going to be a little worried about. I wouldn't give them that much credit, but it's like those moments, like that playoff, like that moment. Me. Like, <laughs> I just, I think, I don't know. I think uh, RSL brings more consistently. But speaking of Sporting Kansas City, they're back in action as we speak right now. Um, I have the game on here. I can't tell what minute they're in. However, they started off slow. Christian Namath, the man who has been pegged as the number nine, a.k.a. goal scorer for the team. First, what what, what was that, like the 10th minute? He absolutely missed a huge opportunity yeah. to hammer one home. Uh, took the ball off his, like, thigh or something, and it just kind of trickled past the right post. He forgot but, how to shoot the ball. And it was weird because he looked as if he was confident it was going in the goal. It was very strange. Yeah. It was very strange. Why are you but, guys starting with the negative here? Because did, that's did what happened first. Build it up. We have to build it up. Come on. We have to build it up. So so he did make up for that with a goal. He had the first goal of the game, 1-0 Sporting Kansas City. I think it's the 46th minute, 47th minute. I might be behind. Yeah. I might have started this a little bit late. 47th minute. Okay. Um, Gerso did his thing, ran across the box, took some defenders out. Ball landed with Namath's name written all over it. Took a touch and finished the ball. So I'm happy for him because there is a lot of pressure on him right now to be or not be the goal scorer for Sporting Kansas City this season. Um, but I think he rose to the occasion, and I'm happy for him that he made up for that drastic mistake initially. So let's, it was, let's, it's, let's it's, it's off to a good start. Gerso, uh, <laughs> he's the one that, that, that initial pass, that lob, to the back line was intended for. Gerso was he did a good job or initially corralling the ball. And then Gerso saw three defenders and he panicked and he lost control of the ball. And no luckily he knew what he was doing. No, he did not. He went luckily, into the fire to set up his man. No. He knew what he was doing. No, no. That <laughs> is, that, stop trying to stop trying to go out here and, and play the company person. Let's be honest about this. That was a – Gerso <laughs> forgot what, what he was supposed to do in that situation. And Christian Namath corrected his mistake, showed great patience, and, and had a good shot and got that goal in there. Uh, I don't know what Gerso he was did. trying to do with he that ball, it. 
But uh, that told me Gerso shouldn't be starting any more games this year. Well, we'll get into why Gerso is starting later when we welcome in Tom Bogart and talk through Sporting Kansas City specifically. I know we're jumping the gun here just because the game is actually on, and it's been, what, 83 days since the last match uh, so we wanted to get into it, but we'll get into it a little bit later. Um, more little preview of the show here. Obviously, MLS is back. We're already talking Sporting Kansas City in action right now. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about NWSL. So the Women's League is coming back, not until April, but they're getting hype already. And they have a change to their TV deal. So we need to address that. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team, they are a week away from the She Believes Cup which is exciting because, as we all know, it is approaching the Women's World Cup summer. Um, this summer, Women's World Cup, so these games are getting them ready for that. Also, pretty interesting article Chris dug up on Kansas high school sports and private schools versus public schools. I know you're pretty excited about that one. Yes. So we'll get to that later in the show. Um, we will welcome in Tommy Bogart, our guy from MLSsoccer.com, or MLS.com, excuse me. Um Big show. We got some Mavericks tickets to give away. We got some stuff going on, and uh, it's exciting that soccer's back. I know I know. Uh, sporting has been not uh, – they haven't had any games playing against an opponent that has already played seven, so it's a little bit of a diver- different match, but they're already up. So it's a pretty good one. When we return, we'll bring back – or we'll bring in Tom Bogart. Don't go anywhere. Hang in with us. We're back in, and good news during the commercial break. Gerso found the back of the net for Sporting Kansas City, and then, of course, celebrated with the ball under his jersey to show the baby belly. His little boy is on the way. That's a pretty cool little little tribute, but it's been done a couple times before. I think we've all seen it a couple times, but I still I still appreciate it. Still like it. And yeah. Gerso uh, scoring, which I know I didn't expect him to be starting. Not. Not obviously, we weren't sure about Daniel Shallowy's calf injury, but Gerso got the start, and Gerso just got. Well, would you have given him the assist on the Namath goal? No, that's not an and assist. That this... was an accident. <laughs> I'm trying to give accident. the man some credit here, pal. Come are, on, <laughs> but that was an accident. <laughs> so enters the game, starts the game. Excuse me, instead of Shallowy, which uh, was big for him, and. Uh, you know, he shallowy went down with a calf injury down in preseason, and Gerso got the start and performed well there. And then same story again tonight with a goal. So shout out to him. That's pretty cool. Um, so we are welcoming in now Tommy Bogart. Tom, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today. I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. Two quick points on Gerso, by the way. Yes, that first one wasn't a six. <laughs> and two, what? part of the celebration. <laughs> yes, Tom. That was so interesting. Was not only shirt. A ball under the shirt to make it look like he has a belly. But he also did a golf swing with it and somehow didn't lose the ball. I think that was my favorite part. <laughs> I know he kept it in there. That was, that was, uh, that took some talent, but he did practice the golf swing quite a bit. Well, I don't know about last year. I maybe got some practice in scoring goals. That's his trademark, but I like the bat, the added baby belly. But we're happy that you're here with us tonight. I'm glad you're watching the game, too. Um, obviously, everyone in Kansas City is thrilled to have Sporting Kansas City back on the pitch tonight, but it's not MLS. It's obviously CONCACAF. Uh, Chris Powell is exceptionally excited about this match, aren't you? Mm, I'm in. I'm in about it. <laughs> not so much. It's 
I am. I think it's great. I think the level of play here in Kansas City, I think it's cool to just have them here, um, have them playing. But, um, Tom, what do you think about just MLS? We're approaching what? When is the first opening game? A couple, two weeks from now, I believe. Um, no, uh, the league opens up. Next Saturday. So what are, you, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts for this year? It was a great year last year. Um, what do you think we'll see this year? I think that it's going to be more the same, and the upward trajectory is just going to continue. Um, opening day, there's you know so many good matches to look forward to. Um, probably the one I'm most looking forward to is FC Cincinnati's first game uh, on the road to Seattle Sounders, see what they look like um, this year as a new expansion side and see what Seattle can do in the first half of this year because they've been notorious the past couple years for slow starts. So we'll see how that one goes. Now, the MLS has seen a lot of expansion here in the last few years. And generally, if you look at, like, the top leagues around the world, generally it's 20 teams. And then from there, you know, we're talking about the rest of the teams in second, third, fourth leagues. Do you think the MLS is starting to get a little too big here? Uh, I, I personally don't. I, I used to be of that opinion, for sure, uh, just looking around at all the other leagues and stuff. But I just think that MLS is unique, and we can sustain growth. And as long as the commissioner and the owners want to keep growing, I don't see why not. And for people who might be uh, proponents of promotion relegation, you know, more teams is only going to benefit the people who think that. But, you know, now it might be tough with more teams and you can't play everyone twice, which is already the case. Um, that's probably my favorite part about the European schedule is that there is no question of the schedule. It's you play every single team home and away. Um, but, you know, again, MLS is unique and we have to take it for its positives and why that's good. You get a couple extra rivalry games this season. And, you know, it makes it that much more special when, you know, the New York Red Bulls play the LA Galaxy because they don't do it twice a year every year. Yeah, I agree with that point as far as the rivals and and, and each game growing with anticipation when it comes so – kind of when it's sparse like that, when the competition doesn't happen all the time. But I just still think the way that these teams are entering the league, the way that these expansions teams ha- expansion teams have come in and just done so with remarkable crowds. I mean, obviously you think about Atlanta, but I also think Nashville is going to be one of those teams as well once they enter. Do you think that if they do start slowing down on – you know how they enter that we that MLS will stop that expansion or stop looking for it as frequently. That's a good point. Um, that yeah, that's another reason why I'm I'm all good with the expansion. Just because look at the latest teams enter the league, it's, they've all been successes to varying degrees. Obviously, Atlanta United are in a category of their own, but LAFC broke their expansion record for points in a single season. Minnesota United are about to open a brand new Allianz Field and regularly get good crowds. I mean. The soccer side of it hasn't, you know, exactly been there for them yet. But, you know, same thing when Orlando and New York City entered the league together. Orlando was one of the worst teams in the league last year, but still was drawing great crowds. They have great support, you know. That's part of the success, you know, in a great stadium. Now, one of the things that uh, we know is that when these teams enter these leagues in all sports, it can be a little tough for them getting the jump on the competition and being able to have success early on. Obviously, we've seen that a little bit different with teams like, you know, Atlanta United coming in and they win the MLS Cup in their second year, make the playoffs in their first year. Uh, how and, and But the, it was different for them because they got a lot of money from ticket sales and whatnot because they play in a football stadium. How, how are teams like Austin, like Cincinnati, like Nashville, uh, what's the best route for them to be able to come into the league and be able to compete from the very get-go? Uh, that's something that, that's always evolving. Um, some people... 
like what Cincinnati are doing. A lot of people think that they overpaid for some of their players, but I'm of the opinion that I think Cincinnati is doing it best. I think that they looked at the mistakes, um, or the, at least the growing pains that Minnesota United had. You know, they gave up more goals in a two-year span than anybody ever has in MLS. And Cincinnati looked at that and said, okay, we're going to go get Kendall Watson, a best 11 caliber center back. We're going to get Nick Haglin, probably overpaid from a little bit, but, you know, they signed a, a Polish international goalkeeper. Um, a, fr- a French League One experienced right back. Um, Atlanta's left back, Greg Garza, one of the best in the league, um, and about 16 defensive mids. You know, I think that you got to build back the front, especially with how you know Minnesota United has fared. Ton of, I, I feel bad for singling them out a couple times, but you know they had a with Darwin Quintero, they had one of the, the best attackers in the league. But you know they had really struggled um, on the defensive side of the ball, and I, Cincinnati are not going to have that problem this year. You know they might have. A few issues scoring some goals, but as long as your defense is intact, you got a chance. Nice. Now, we obviously have CONCACAF happening in the United States right now. I believe sporting, obviously sporting's right now, and Atlanta plays. I forget who it is tonight after this. Um, but what is that going to do, having the CONCACAF games here in, you know, on the U.S. soil here? What is that going to do to the league, to MLS? Um, it's it's a place in the stands to, to see how you measure it up against teams in the region, you know, specifically Liga MX. You know, it's cool that, you know, the teams are really taking this seriously the past couple of years. You know, at first it, it looked a little bit, some teams treated it like a hindrance, you know, all the travel and rotating your team midweek um, and generally not finding much success. You know, in the past couple of years, like Toronto made it a priority last year. The Red Bulls made it a priority last year. They, they look at it as, you know, continental glory and it's, it's great as MLS tries to catch up to league MS in, you know, this competition. Um, we can have the debate all along of some people think that MLS is right up there with league MX, but you know, they have to prove it in uh, the CCL. Talking to Tom Bogart from MLS.com. Now my concern about the CCL is the fact that, yeah, as you alluded to, I don't really see a lot of these teams really taking it seriously. I know this year it kind of seems like sporting is, but, you know, in the past, it really hasn't been that way. Uh, how and, – and then you obviously see, like, you know, with the games being on the Internet and whatnot as opposed to, like, being on television like we see with the UEFA Champions League. So how are we going to be able to see these teams be able to, to really embrace and take this more seriously so that the fans can be more invested in it? Well, we're seeing it now. Like you said, you know, this Sporting Kansas City put out their first choice 11. Atlanta United, they just released their lineup. That was their first choice 11. Same thing with the Red Bulls, Houston Dynamo, and Toronto FC uh, in the past couple nights. So as long as the teams are taking it seriously, that's all that matters. And honestly, it, this being on YahooSports.com is much easier than, you know, different ways you would have to get it in past years. So it, it's all growth. It takes some time. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually tuned in watching it on Yahoo right now. Um, but specifically now looking at Sporting Kansas City, who obviously Peter Vermees is ruthless. He takes everything seriously, right? If there is a championship to be won, he is going to pursue it. So looking at the team tonight, obviously the best starting 11. Um, what are you thinking about this this crew this year? Sporting Kansas City obviously losing um, a couple of players. I think namely the biggest loss is going to be Ico Parra. Um, you could throw Rubio in the mix there too, but 
but I think Ikopara is going to be missed. Um, but, you know, gaining a guy like Kellen Rowe, um, who Matt Doyle, your, your guy, said he, he's mm-hmm. a national team quality player. But um, what, what are you thinking about um, how sporting will pan out this year? I think that they're going to be, you know, one of the best teams in the league again. Um, as far as, you know, I know, I have CCL fever right now, so I'm looking at it in that way, too. They got really unlucky with their first-round draw here. They're the only MLS side that drew a league MX team, so the pass is hard, but right now they're up 2-0. So if they can get past Toluca here, and with the ease that it's kind of looking like tonight, it's really been dominating play. It's just another reason why not to worry. Just, you know, Andre Fontes has looked good tonight. You know, this game isn't going to make or break the season. Uh, Christian Nemeth has looked fine as a center forward. A lot of us, myself included, have questions about the club leaning on him uh, going into the season. And meanwhile, with Kellen Rose on the bench, um, and I, I, like Doyle, am a very big proponent of Kellen Rose. You know, Shallowy is on the bench. He, he mm-hmm. would be starting, like you said, if he was fit. But Gerso Fernandez, as, as a backup winger, he would start for a lot of teams. I, like, the SKC are as deep and as talented as, you know, just about any team in the league. Now, as you just alluded to, uh, you Christian Namath has been fine, which has been a concern for us because I think we all know that, yeah, I mean, he can he can be a starter, but can he really be like a good goal producer? Uh, how, if he is not a big time, you know, it, maybe not even top 10, but at least like close to double digit goals per game, do you think that holds sporting back from really being a contender against a team like, say, in Atlanta, United in an MLS Cup championship game? Yeah, um, the the rub on NSKC has been, you know, you could say this for a couple of years, that, you know, pretty much since Dom Dwyer left, if they bought, you know, a designated player, caliber center forward, they would be, you know, maybe the best team in the league, if not just one of the best right now. But the thing is, is that when you have goal-scoring wingers like SKC do right now with Shallowy and Johnny Russell, and, you know, more goals that come in from the midfield with Sweepe Gutierrez, um, Roger Espinosa, and then Kellen Rowe when, when he starts to play, your center forward doesn't need to have 15 goals in a season. As long as Nemeth is consistently linking the attack, you know, scoring a couple goals, getting the chances that he should score, and as long as he's facilitating the attack, they should be fine, theoretically, but you're right. They, they would be a, another level if they had a DP caliber center forward. Yeah, so it's exciting so far to see them doing what they're doing right now. Like you said, they're playing pretty well, so they're looking so good. so far so good. Um, what's going on with you? You're out in New York right now, a week away from MLS kickoff. Uh, what are you guys focusing on right now? What are some hot stories that you're that you're writing about? Uh, we're just focusing on everything. We're all excited that the games are going to start again. You know, instead of just writing on speculation or transfer rumors or this is what might happen, we finally have games to consume and games to watch. Right now, we're working through. Our season previews kind of going day by day. You know, next week a lot more will come out with you know Matt Doyle, Bobby Warshaw, and all the other uh, columnists as long um, on top of just all the CCL action. Like, like I said before, we got CCL fever right at MLSsoccer.com. <laughs> I love it. Well, certainly we do here. Obviously, Sporting Kansas City back in action is something we all want to see. So, hey, Tom, we always appreciate your time. Thanks for chiming in. Of course, Tom Bogart, you can catch him at MLSsoccer.com, MLS.com. Um, great articles, always a good read. So check him out. Uh, we'll be back with more. We'll talk NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team when we return. We're back in on Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. 
And it, like Tom Bogart from MLS.com just, just said, we've got CCL fever, just got soccer fever here. Uh, but turning the tables over to the women's side, came across some news in NWSL soccer that their TV deal that was in its second of three years with A&E Networks, um, also known as Lifetime, um, they will be amicably ending the deal, which is definitely unfortunate. It was an amicable, sp- amicable split, um, but I can't help but think how this is going to affect the league um, and affect how fans will consume the women's game. Um, this has got to be tough for not only the athletes but the fans. This is this is not a good sign here. I, I think the tough part about this is that one of the things that we know about the industry of sports today is that it is really dependent on television rights fees. If you look at the Kansas City Royals and, the, mm-hmm. and their issues with being able to maintain a high payroll, that has to do with the fact that there's only a limited amount of funds that they're getting on their television deal because the amount of money that their deal will be worth is limited in a market like Kansas City. If you look at the NFL, the NFL's value is based off of their television market deals. If you look at the NBA, their value is based off of the the television deals that they have. And when they got a lot more money, when they renewed their television deals a couple years ago, all of a sudden these teams got a lot more money. So this is going to really very much affect how the players are paid. It's going to affect their ability to be able to, to be able to play the game in general just because of the fact that it's going to affect all the logistics of the game. It's going to affect the equipment that they have, where they can train, where they, you know, how they travel, et cetera, et cetera. This is the reason why the, the MLS needs to get involved with the funding of this league because right now it's, it, it isn't really looking too great for this league when they don't have the financial support like that of a television deal. Now, hopefully they can get another television deal that will allow them to get exposure and on top of that be able to collect uh, enough funds to be able to support the players that, that put in the work to play that game. But it is really, really tough right now for them to be able to – it's going to be tough for them to survive if they don't have some sort of financial backing or if they don't have uh, some sort of television deal in place that will allow them to be able to, to pay their bills and pay their players. Absolutely, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm on my soapbox now, but this is unacceptable. This is absolutely unacceptable. These are athletes. These are gold medalists. These are world champions, World Cup winners. These these athletes are the best in the world at their sport, and we are not putting them out there. We are not, like you just said, we are not able to pay them appropriately due to TV deals, and this is unacceptable. And it, <laughs> obviously, I'm pretty passionate about the women's game, not only the game in general, but the women's side of it, and it's definitely... Um, it's just incredibly discouraging to see how some of these athletes are treated, um, and it's especially with the caliber of players that they are. So the NWSL obviously uh, founded in t- 2012, so it took over the or replaced, excuse me, um, the WPSL, and now the NWSL is the current league. It's the longest-standing women's league. There's been ebb and flow, like most leagues, but in the development. When I was with FC Kansas City in 2013 the games were only streamed on YouTube. They had great interaction. They had great viewership. Move forward a couple years, I believe they were on the Go90 app, um, which, again, they were streamed. There's definitely a viewership there. Um, I can't understand why we can't get them on TV consistently. Um, A&E came out, you know, that's a... The head of A&E is a female, and they were really taking 
kind of taken a leap in supporting, you know, this league based on the fact that they knew the potential it had and the fact that essentially what I'm saying here is that these are high caliber athletes and we need to be supporting them. She went out on a limb, made a three-year deal with them, and unfortunately, um, president of NWSL, Amanda Duffy, announced that um, two seasons with A&E were rewarding for our league players, sponsors, and fans, just as they had anticipated, and the experiences on the path that they traveled to a national television partner will be severed. Um, in, in, it was a year early, and that is definitely unfortunate. Lifetime and A&E are going to be a sleeve sponsor so they are still trying to support the league but backing out of their tv deal and this is definitely going to impact everything from fans to players i want to just think about the players for a moment these women are professional athletes and they are not having their sport supported and that's and that's definitely detrimental um i'm with you i believe that the mls teams should support the ones that do um Houston, they also have they have the Dynamo and they have the Dash, um, Seattle Rain, Portland Thorns. All of these teams, when they are paired with MLS teams, the Portland Thorns game that I went to had over thirteen thousand people at it. That's an NWSL game. Uh, that's huge. And so if they can do it there, why can't we do it in Kansas City? Why can't they do it, you know, in Boston? Why can't they do it in Orlando? Well, I guess they do in Orlando, which is another good one to mention. But it's definitely disappointing. And um, I don't know what message this sends to young female soccer players about just how serious or not serious the league is. I think what it sends is just that the MLS hasn't made it a priority to attempt to try and support the women's game. Obviously, the MLS is a men's league. But at the same time, it's very important for them, especially for U.S. soccer, too, because U.S. soccer has their hand in them in the MLS to be able to support the women's game because it benefits everyone as a whole. And one of the things I, that I, I had an issue with was that these games weren't marketed very well, because I know I had right. to go digging to find out that their games were on Lifetime in the first place. And that is unacceptable <laughs> for any league to have a television deal uh, with a, with a network that practically everybody gets on their cable package and yet no one knows that these games are on television on that network that's a problem and that's where we need to mls needs to step in and help the nwsl because the nwsl is a young league they got to step in and they got to help them as far as marketing goes so that people know where they can watch these games they can know who's playing they can know which stars in these games they can see because that's one of the best ways you're going to be able to do it. That's what the MLS is doing right now. You know, whenever Zlatan plays, everybody's talking about Zlatan playing. And that's important. You have to be able to market your stars. And that's where the, the failing has been on the part of MLS and NWSL and A&E and, and Lifetime Networks because they didn't do a good enough job at, at promoting this product. If they were paying for it to be on their networks, they should be promoting it across their networks. And I don't remember seeing one commercial. And I watch A&E a lot because I'm a big fan of the first 48. I don't remember seeing one commercial for the NWSL on that network. You a Lifetime fan? You watch a Lifetime movie? No, I don't movies? watch Lifetime. I saying? watch a &E. A&E. It's a different channel. <laughs> it's owned by the same company. I watch a lot of A&E. Uh, I, I think that, honestly, I think you hit it on the head when when we needed to bring up U.S. soccer because, to me, U.S. soccer needs to come in and understand. And I'm not just saying this because the men's team did not even qualify the World Cup and then the women's, how many, how many times they won you the World Cup. It. I'm not saying it. <laughs> I'm not just saying it because of that. 
Uh, I think that is a gla- like that glares in the glares you in the face as far as like yes I mean why are we prioritizing a team that can't even qualify for this tournament when the other team is over here winning the tournament time and time and time again I you know that is the it, that is facts I'm not making that up but I'm saying that why aren't they supporting the NWSL just because it's the women's game it's the same sport it's this we are one country we have two teams why are we not supporting the other team and then you can throw in the success that they've had. And so it's, it's definitely disappointing. It's, um, it's an issue. Um, you know, I, I do think about these athletes as women and it's not fair, you know, it's just not fair. Um, it's, you know, speaking of the U S women's national team doing their thing time and time again, they're, they're about to be back at it, you know, switching gears here to world cup prep. And that means that the 2019 she believes cup is coming to the United States. So this is pretty exciting. Um, I know that these games are always well attended. They're always, um, good, good matches. So they're good to watch. Uh, USA has Japan, or uh, in late February, so February 27th, U.S. versus Japan in Chester, Pennsylvania. U.S. versus England, March 2nd in Nashville, Tennessee. And then they finish up with Brazil, USA versus Brazil, March 5th in Tampa, Florida. So they are making their way down the East Coast over there and getting some quality games in in preparation for the World Cup. And to me, all these little girls that are going to be attending these games should also be able to watch these women playing on TV and this news that the TV deal is severed is it's just it's very bad news it's very discouraging yeah it is it is very disappointing to see uh this kind of situation happen for such a young league because sports has become a television market now and when you take away the television television away from it it really really hurts the product and it makes it a lot harder to access i know i was very very Disappointed to see the fact that UEFA, I mean, the Concacaf Champions League, is on Yahoo. It, this should be on television if it's it's if it's important. It should be on television so that many more people can access it. And that's that's the thing that's going to be difficult for women's soccer now. And hopefully they can find a television deal really soon because this, I mean, this is a terrible time to lose your television deal. You know this. You know at this close to the season, right before, is. right. Right yeah. before the season, obviously, that starts in April. And then, obviously, I mean, what else do they have to do, though? In my opinion, the women, the, the teams, you know, they're doing everything they have to do in interest of the sport and performance and 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 what they're doing locally and nationally. Like, what else do these women have to prove? What else do they have to do? I think it is U.S. soccer needs to step in, encourage MLS teams to link up, encourage or maybe just pour some more money into it. And, I mean, you know they have the funds. You know it will grow the game. It's a win-win for, in my opinion, we need to grow the game here in the United States. It will benefit both men and women's programs if we start our players younger. So why aren't these women who are winning World Cup gold medals, why aren't they on TV every day, all day? You know, they went a full year without losing a game our women's team. Why are we not celebrating them for the true athletes and successful athletes and role models that they should be? Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry, actually, but I'm off my soapbox. I'm just very passionate about it. But um, when we return, we're going to hear, we're going to bring it back to local level here. We're going to talk through Kansas high school sports. Um, it's a big debate, you know, private school versus public school. We're going to talk through that when we return. Don't go anywhere.
And we are back in on Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. And I was on my soapbox, all heated, talking about why women's soccer deserves a TV deal. And I failed to share that Sporting Kansas City put another one in the back of the net. Chris, you didn't say anything. I, I was, you see, here's what happened. The one time he tries to be a gentleman. Oh, what had happened what happened was. What happened was uh, <laughs> you were really in the, you were in your, you were in your thing. You're in your flow. And radio rules state that when somebody's cooking, you don't get in the way. You don't step in the kitchen. You let them cook. <laughs> You, you are cooking. a soccer heavy. Sh- I don't want to hear any more. We are a soccer heavy, sh- soccer heavy show. Cooking. You should have been cooking. You're not doing your job, sir. And first I was of all, doing my job. always interrupts, always chimes always. in because you're always, always on the in the flow as if you're saying how you're saying it. So yes, I was heated talking about women's soccer. However. You didn't interrupt, which is a first, but we'll address it now. You should be thanking me. Uh, you should be happy no. I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, Sporting Kansas City now leads to look a 3-0, which is very, very exciting, especially, I don't, I mean, I think we pointed it out, but to look is seven games in. Seven they've games in, but they've only seven won league. one game. Okay, but they still have played yeah. seven matches. I mean, being match fit, you can't get match fit from preseason. You just can't. So sporting right now is showing some heart, and they're playing. They're not match fit. They know they're not. And, I mean, they're, I mean it's 3-0. I mean, there's nothing yeah. else to say. They're, so look they're looking really good. So look match fit either. They look really bad right now. <laughs> seven matches in, still not match seems, fit. Seems like it's the fit. same. Seems like they're on an even playing field here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. They're they're leading three 0 But let's get to this um, article that you brought to the group, um, written by Hayden Barber. Tried to reach Hayden. He was gonna try to hop on with us. Didn't work out for him tonight. However, we still want to discuss this. So, its title says: Survey shows eighty-seven point two percent of Kansas high schools want the public-private format changed. And it goes on to explain that Kansas private high schools have won forty percent of the state championships for which they've competed during the 18-19 school year. That's almost half. And private schools, I'm I'm a private school alum who, yes, has state championships behind my name, so it's hard for me to to not love that. <laughs> However, uh, of course she was. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I did go to private school. We did have many state championships. But uh, I, I appreciate the argument. Um more than 87% of Kansas high schools want a change. So that's interesting to me. And also what I love about this article is that they did a survey and they went to the heavy hitters. They went to athletic directors. They went to school principals and conducted this survey. And it seems that most people want it to change. Yeah. And the bad part about this is as someone who like I, I played four different sports in high school. I was heavily involved with a lot of other different sports as well. So I got to see it all around. And one of the things mm-hmm. that they, they, they do with these athletic uh, that, that like a lot of these private institutions are able to do is they're able to recruit because they're not beholden to a district that they can that they have to, uh, you know, have people stay within in order to go to their schools. They can recruit. And so I know people right. that I went to school with that were that were brought in. They were recruited by these private schools to come in and come play. Mm-hmm. And it's problematic because if you look at the if you look at the um, the attendance of a lot of these private schools, they're so low that in their conference they have to double if they're if it's like an all male or all female school. Uh, whenever you whenever they figure out like which class they have to play for, 
they have to double the uh, the attendance in order to figure out where they play because the, that's the only way they're going to be able to find a, a class that fits them. And even then, it's still not fair because I know growing up, your school, St. Thomas Aquinas, they dominated in sports. Mm-hmm. Bishop Meage is they dominate in sports. I, we see them in football, and year after year, they are dominating Class Four A. I mean, it, 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 it's one of the problems in 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 Kansas, and not just in Kansas and Missouri too, especially over in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They have an issue with these private schools uh, being able to go out and recruit, and then they just dominated sports, even though their enrollment is a fraction of what the teams in the same conference in the same class are. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not like there's no separation between that public and private, especially when it gets to the playoffs. Because I'm fine with it during the regular season, but the playoffs, I think it's an issue. Mm -hmm. So do you see that as a realistic solution as far as, you know, how do you do that? Do you change the leagues then? Because you can't play a league somewhere and then all of a sudden say, okay, now you guys are going to be thrown in the mix over here for playoffs. Like you can't restructure it at playoffs right so what do you see as the solution then well i I think that's probably what you you kind of have to do is have these teams go out and and you know the private schools they play against each other the public schools play against each other i'm gonna go ahead and interrupt chris right in the middle yeah you can interrupt me just ended with a win (laughs) three nil i'll I'll be the rude one yes you're so rude julio i was in my groove we got what 40 seconds in the show now Good job, Julio. No, I appreciate that. The, I really do appreciate this argument. Now, I'm going to tell you that I was not recruited. I did go to St. Thomas Aquinas High School. Very uh, A big part of it was because I knew they had a, a great soccer program. Yeah, now, I, I wasn't the ringer that they recruited and brought in. Yeah, I However, that it, the program itself brought me there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, it, I it, it was attractive to me and my parents, and so we went there. But it happens. We can't deny it. It happens all the time in Kansas and in Missouri. And I agree to your point. I mean, we got to do something. I appreciate the survey that was conducted, and hope we'll see if there's a change coming. If there was, you can credit Chris Unocero from the Jillian Carroll oh, yeah. Show for the change. Thanks for hanging out with us this tonight. We will catch you guys next week. We're out. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.